welcome to the most video uh, podcast. <laughs> Hello everyone, I am Mosido and this is the Marcido Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so 
I'm nervous, Lupe. Be nice and gentle. You'll be fine. Okay, okay. All I'll right. No, it's just, you know, just answer the questions the way, you know, you would. <laughs> Alright, girl. <laughs> I know. Okay, this is a little weird for me, actually, but I'm, I, I think I'm going to love it. Okay, so the first question that I'm going to ask you uh-huh. is from Brown Eyes. Yeah. So, um, she said, what has been your experience in the U.S.? Well, that's a loaded question. Yeah, that's, it's rather broad. It's broad. I feel so, like that could, like, summarize everything that we can talk about here. But so far, it's been um, and it's been a journey, and I hate using that word journey because everybody just says it and they don't really explain it. This is why I said journey. I've mm-hmm. learned more about myself here than I did in Nigeria. I think moving mm-hmm. here, where you stand out differently in whatever you can, you can, you know, we can talk about many reasons why. You tend to focus more on yourself and you tend to see how much of a team player you are. I mean, mm-hmm. celebrating your differences, but at the same time trying to contribute to you know, the larger society as a whole. So it's been a journey of, of understanding myself, why I do things the way I do, and why I think the way I do. But overall, it hasn't been a negative experience. I've had a, a lot of happy moments here. I've had a lot of sad moments here. It's been like a life experience. It's been a life-changing experience moving to the U.S. I'll say that. Oh, so you, yeah. oh, so you can say that um, you found yourself here in the U.S.? I did. I did. And, I, and there could be many reasons for that. I mean, as a researcher, I, I, I don't really, I won't say because I moved to the U.S. I found myself. I think if I had stayed back in Nigeria, I would have found myself, but maybe in a different way. And you should also know right. when I moved here in my 20s, now in my 30s. Usually when you move from your... Like people say your 20s is where you define the kind of life you want, and your 30s is when you start to live that life. So that right. huge change in decade must have been responsible towards, you know, that finding myself. But I also think that there's a bit of, you know, the American culture and the people I've met and... Um, the sad moments and the, and the good moments set against the backdrop of living in the U.S., living away from my comfort zone, having to be intentional about so many things. So that has really, I think, shaped my journey as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's a very um, interesting answer. Thank you. And I like the way um, you know, we explain that. Okay. okay. So on to the next question. All right. Um, it says, so what major challenges um, do you perceive that you're going to face when you get um, to Nigeria. <sighs> I love TNA. You are in for a surprise. I'm just gonna let you know that. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, oh my goodness. Um, let me put them into two major categories. Um, people okay. and then the infrastructure as a whole. Okay. People themselves that I'm gonna meet, and I say this, you know, in the warmest way possible. You know how our people can be very yeah. um, intrusive in a loving way. So yes. <laughs> So when, when people ask you questions that, oh my goodness, you've gained so much weight. Um, that was something that could have you know, easily been triggered about many years ago. I know I'm going to get questions like that because I have put on a lot of weight. You know, maybe not considerably enough, but I, I'm not the same person that I was when I was in Nigeria. I'd like to tell you, asking me, have you been in good health? So I'm going to answer them that way. Another TMI will be, oh, um, so you've been married for this long. How come you don't have kids? I think they're really concerned about maybe if my husband and I are really having you know, enough sex. So I'm going to let them know, yes, we're really doing well in that category. So I, I want to think that like, when they ask these kind of intrusive questions, they, there's, a, there's a love behind it. So I'm going to answer them with the best love as possible. So that's with the people. And now with the, uh, oh, and then one more thing would be, oh, you sound so different. You've changed a lot. Yes, I have changed because I'm not the same person I was when I, when I left seven years ago. My thought process have changed a lot. I, I now think globally, I'm, I'm always going to be proudly Nigerian, but due to the people I have met, due to the changes that have occurred in me, I'm not that same person. I can't be thinking in a local way. 
my perspective have brought in. Uh, hold on. What do you mean local? Well, not local, but I can't like be... I don't know how to say this without sounding offensive. I'm not going to be... There's a way we... Uh, I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. But there's a way we tend to think in a very selfish, reductive way back home. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. we were not as a whole very... Um, open-minded? Yes, open-minded and altruistic or even very empathetic when we talk to people. And this is me right. saying this generally. I'm not saying all Nigerians are this way, you know. But, I mean, I, and, and I remember how I used to be. So take, for example, when I came here the first time, one of the people I encountered was an atheist who was also my colleague. And I remember trying to, like, preach to her right away and telling her to change and convert to Christianity. And the way she responded <laughs> to me, that go oh, my asking. goodness, of course she was very brash and told me I should never say that to her again. And I felt, like, really offended like how dare she reject my message of salvation but that was a nigerian in me because i wanted to convert everybody without even listening to her but we became very good friends i would still talk about religion she's still an atheist of course but um so that was me the old way and i feel like as a whole there's a lot more we can do as far as being more empathetic to people understanding where they currently are before we start providing you know suggestions without even having a clear you know understanding of what kind of phase they are currently in that's what i meant okay all right well i mean Go ahead. Does that explain? I mean, does that is that all the answer you, you have? No, to no, 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 no. The third, so I've talked about two categories of people. Now the third category, okay. you sound differently. Your phone is different. Well, so when I'm talking to a Nigerian, there's a way I can start talking like this, so like I sound like Nigeria. But I work in an academic institution where my evaluation as a teacher or as a researcher, whatever, depends on how clearly I am as far as communicating. So how to enunciate mm-hmm. better. I'll talk like an American, whatever that means. And I've done it in Nigeria way. And my students said, we didn't hear everything she said. So yes, I do a lot of code switching, which is not, you know, um, uncommon with people that have lived somewhere else. You can change your, your, you can switch codes easily, depending on who you're talking to. Now, those are the people. Now, infrastructure, I am dreading, I'm dreading, you know, um, power instability, slow Wi-Fi, the noise, the smell. You know, you said slow Wi-Fi or no Wi-Fi. <laughs> See, I was even trying to be optimistic right there. You know, oh, um, you know like, for a almost if the system is just built to fail. And that concept of time, my time management has improved a lot since I've been in the U.S. Now I don't have to blame Okada or Kusinom or Rotomi and things like that. So um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be like a reverse cultural shock for me. But having said all of this, I'm looking forward to the warmth of the people. You know, coming back to a place where. I don't have to see myself as a black person. I'm just me. I'm no. I'm Nigerian. You know, I'm blending. I'm blending for just a, a short period of time. However long I'm gonna be there for. So yeah, those are some of the challenges, but they do have their upside. Okay. Um. Well, that's a very apt um answer or answers that you provided. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So the questions. Um. The question. The next question I'm gonna ask you is from Adoni. Adoni would okay. to know. Uh, she would like for you to talk about the cultural adjustments that people make when they cross cultures. <sighs> Man, um, so when I moved here, I didn't, I didn't think of it like I had to make cultural adjustments. I just thought of it like, okay, I'm coming here to school, so I'm going to try my best to get good grades and get a good job. But along the line, you do have to make a lot of cultural adjustments if you really want to thrive. I mean, America is such a place that, depending on what you want to do, there's always like a, a tribe for that. So if you want to just be by yourself, you can be by yourself. If you want to be out there and meet with people, you can meet with more people. So for me, it was always appreciating the fact that my cultural richness coming as a Nigerian is something that I can always value, but I can improve on that. So I talked about, you know, being more empathetic. That was something I had to learn more to do here. 
not just you know con- jumping to conclusion, which you know an average Nigerian would just do. Like we're just quick to always provide suggestions, even sometimes when they're not even solicited. But having to just listen to people and be like, you know what, I don't understand what you're going through. I don't get it. I don't agree with you, but I. I, I want to listen to you. I want to, you know, just let you know that I don't, I'm not going to judge you on this issue quickly. While I don't understand what you're going through, I'm just going to listen to you. So there's so many other cultural adjustments you can make. Is also your food. You know, um, when I used to, when I came here the first time, every time someone went home, I would ask for, you know, food stuff like, hey, bring me a goosey, bring me pala, bring me all of that. But as time went on, sadly enough, I started, I didn't have a need for them anymore because. It got too tiring, so I had to do a lot of substitution. So now I, I cook globally, like you know, I can make Korean food, I can do Indian food, I can cook food from Thai. I think that's the beauty of being in the U.S. I still cook a lot of Nigerian food because you know I have my husband who you know who cherishes this kind of food. But for me, I can do without them. I don't know this is not, I don't know if this is actually a good thing or a bad thing, but it's one of the adjustments I had to make. And also, it doesn't mean that your taste bud, I mean your your palate is expanding. That's all. Okay, well, and you are more adventurous when it comes to food. Um, I am, I am, yeah. and, and my husband is a very adventurous. So it's okay. So we we get to have a lot of Nigerian food as well, and I think the people as well. Like I've made a lot of friends. I've learned more about people's culture. I've understood why that why I do things sometimes might not necessarily be because I want to do them that way, but because it's something I've been primed to do as a Nigerian or as a female that was born in Nigeria, for example. Oh. Yeah. So those are some of the cultural adjustments people can make when it cross cultures. Oh, okay. But overall, so, being open-minded. I mean, that's like one way to go. Being open-minded while retaining your own values, the good ones. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice um, answer. Thank you. So uh, earlier you mentioned um, school. And so I do yeah. have a question here um, for you. Okay. I said, can you address questions on why people come here to school and mostly never return? Hmm. I mean, if you listen to the um, podcast episode I did with Dr. Tom on brain drain, I think this kind of this question would you know partly answer that. Um, for me, and I'll, I'll speak I'll speak to the general notion. I'll speak personally. I think generally, when you come here, you you want to you know, get an advanced degree. Like most Nigerians that come here are here to like you know get advanced degree. But going back home, I mean, let's be very factual. What what are the prospects back home? You have people that even graduates back home that haven't gotten jobs. How much more you that are coming from another country, where you might be with an advanced degree, and where you can be seen as threatening, and how easy is it for you to even get jobs? And I do I do have scores and scores of friends that you know have gone back home and are still trying to like break into the job market. And also I think when you come here, I think the comfort, the comfort like traps you. Now whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But living in the U.S. where life seems considerably easier as far as infrastructure and getting from point A to point B compared to being in Nigeria, you know, I mean, that's what maybe one of the reasons why people stay back. I'm not saying you live like the best quality of life here, because here you can work yourself to death, have no semblance of life, the social infrastructure is not as strong as we have in Nigeria. So I think that's why most people stay back. Now for me, I thought about that, because one of the reasons why I came here really was to advance myself. I quit my job as working with HIV patients because I realized that I didn't really know so much about the socioeconomic um, factors affecting adherence, so I wasn't very good at that aspect of counseling. And so the frustration of seeing patients die, because I wasn't like, I just felt like I wasn't being, you know, um, in tune to why they wouldn't take their medications after telling them what they needed to do, drove me here. So I found a way to marry my love for research to also doing something back home. So currently I'm working with um, a prostate cancer consortium and we're, we're expanding our research looking at prostate cancer in you know, African men 
and trying to you know, study that in Nigeria and Cameroon. So I'm still doing something back home. Now, I, I don't consider myself that I want to move back home and stay there, no. I see myself as a global citizen. I want to do research all over the world. I still want to give back to Nigeria. So that's one of the things I'm doing to give back to Nigeria. So I think people that are listening to this podcast, don't think of going back home like just approaching yourself. There's so many ways you can go back home. You can go back home by sending your money back home, sponsoring a child, or picking up a project, or you know, helping in the business. You know, that's so that's true. what I would say to that. Okay, yeah. So there's this question from Maretta. Exactly, Maretta. She, she would like to know um, why it took, uh, took you so long to return home. Yeah, good question. Uh, when I had money, I didn't have time. When I had time, I didn't have money. That's just and when you come here, well, um, on an F1 visa, which, you know, you had two years every year, and then once you, once that was expired, as long as you were staying in the U.S. and your I-20 was valid, you were good. But once you leave the country, having to renew that, there were the odds that you might be denied. And also some other personal things were going on. I just couldn't afford to go home when I didn't, when I had the time. Simply put, when I had time, I didn't have money. When I had money, I didn't have time. Okay. So Angela Elu, I would like to know uh, again. She in the cabinet that if you're comfortable yeah. telling us why you're back. Well, I think you already addressed that. Um, yeah. You're back because your brother, um, you know, his wedding is coming up. You're going back home yeah. for a wedding, so that's yeah. primarily the reason you're going back. So I think that answers yeah. that question. Um, yeah. So, but would you have gone back home if not for the wedding? Would you? Yeah, I would have. I would have. So again, that uh, question from Angela Moore. So, Angela, yeah, I would have gone back home. And um, in fact, I was planning to go back home later this year. But I mean, he proposed to his girlfriend, and sadly enough, she said yes. Oh, right. really? Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. You know, yeah. um, um, I'm happy for them. It's, it's, it's amazing to see somebody else talk about your brother affectionately. Almost like ill and then yay, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's this, there's this, there's this, the filial love you have for your siblings, and then it's almost like a flat thing. Like you know, you can love them a certain way, but then the romantic love their partners have for them is on a, on a higher level. And then I think you tend to adore your siblings that way because you're seeing you're seeing them through the lens of the way their partner talks about them. So when she was talking about him on on Instagram, I'm like, is this still my brother? Ew, should I look away or should I keep reading? <laughs> so yeah, I'm really happy for them and I'm really glad to have a sister in law because a sister in love. As you right. know, I love sisters. My relationship with girls has been very <laughs> spotty at best. I think I handle guys better than I do with girls, except, you know, people like you. So I'm glad to have a sister uh-huh. and someone to just, you know, talk to and I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a growing process for me as well. Maybe I can learn to share stuff like my clothes and things like that. Because I never had to share any of that growing up. Oh, let's see. You don't know when to like when to like throw your clothes away because you keep wearing them. Like I can share, I'm not like stingy. I wasn't used to living with girls. But then I went to boarding house, you know, but that's a totally different thing. But as far as like family family wise you know no. my mom my mom did ad- my parents did adopt the girl later on but i was you know about living in the house when that happened so mm-hmm. it's just as well so talking about high school i feel like that's another conversation we need to have in the podcast that's a kind of warm that you need to open up <laughs> oh my goodness lord have mercy oh lord have mercy Okay, so um, there's a question here for you from okay. Loretta. And Loretta would yeah. like to know um, if you could bring back certain experiences or things you think to America, what would they be? Yeah. Um, number one would be the social mm. so Here in the U.S., one thing you first realize is, and this is a general statement, I don't believe in absolutes because we have people that debate on, you know, 
on both ends of the spectrum is that most Americans are friendly, but they're not necessarily good at friendship. Right. Not like the way we do it back home. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Right <laughs> or die. Classic. <laughs> exactly. It's, so I would like to bring like a bit of the social cohesiveness. So take for example, when I just moved here and you meet someone for the first time, and I'm very good with names. You give me your name, I, I'm going to remember you. If I see you the next day, I'll call you by your name and say hi. And so when you meet somebody, they greet you with so much warm affection. And you're like, oh, you feel like you've, you felt like you've connected with the person. And I said, like, we should totally grab lunch soon. To me, that's like a definite statement right there. Like, we're going to have lunch, right? Uh, I should only have you over so we can have dinner together. I'm right thinking in my head, oh, okay, dinner, what should I bring around? But you find out they're just empty statements. I they just know. Like, feel the like center. Feelers. And then the next day you see the person, you greet them warmly, and it's almost like, oh, do I know you? But not in a rude way. I would say not in a rude way. And I'm thinking to myself, me, African queen, how dare you not know me? So I feel like um, more on the social cohesiveness because there's so much, people are so lonely here. Yes. You know, like back home, even though I talked about how Nigerians can be very intrusive, I think the upside of that is if your neighbor hasn't seen you in days, they'll knock on your door. Ah, Yalagbaja, I've seen you in your Shekosi and, and transiting now will be, ah, we haven't seen you in a while. Are you okay? And people will ask you about your family, you talk freely about things. But here it's, it's very hard. Like you have to schedule friendship. Mm -hmm. Friendship just don't, they don't fall on your laps. And I found out that m most of my very good friends here are those that are, you know, international students or those that, you know, have a third cultural perspective. And I also have a lot of Americans that are my friends, but I found that the ones that I really bond with are those that have probably interacted a lot with international students, so they seem to get it, you know. So one thing I'd like to bring from Nigeria here would be social cohesiveness, just that connection, because here it's very individualistic, yeah. and, you know, it gets on my nerves sometimes. It does get on my nerves. Yeah. Um, well, I guess on that note, I would like to say we've come to the end of today's podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you, you have to be having such a good time. I guess... Um, Maybe we should come up with questions now. Do you have any so questions? Do you have, well, in reference to the party itself. So do you have your clothes picked out already? Well, I do. So um, I, have a, I have a personal experience to, to share along that. I think there are many Nigerian tailors that I can say are responsible to some of my body image issues. Here's why. Um, growing up, you know how your mom would try to sew like the local attires, like the Akara for you? Mm -hmm. Same tailor, same style. My mom's own is going to turn out better than mine. And they would sew me one that was like, totally out of style. So I grew up thinking that I didn't look good in this thing. <laughs> and imagine... <laughs> imagine wow, your sorry, mom, you know, sorry. Please. You have such a bad experience. No, seriously, seriously. Like, I had to even call my mom out of it. Like, don't sew me anything anymore. <laughs> like, same, like, same tailor, same style. Has to come out looking good. Mine would be like, you know, like a blanket, like it was thrown on me. <laughs> so I started having that work of my mind. I don't look good in Nigerian clothes. I don't look good in my local attire. But I decided to just give it some time. So this time around, um, Angela, my friend, one of the people asking the questions, actually, she's actually making me some, some garments that I'm going to wear for the wedding. Okay. And I've already given her a stern warning. Like, this is my last, this is my last, you know, hope with Nigerian tailors. She doesn't count as a Nigerian tailor because she's my friend she shows. So yes, I've picked that, but I had a backup because I have control issues. I have like two backup dresses just in case, just in case, you know. Yeah, just in case. So yeah, my dresses are picked out. I'm not wearing white in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> I'm not wearing white. <laughs> 
So yeah, my shoes are picked out. I have my jewelry picked out. I just want to have fun, you know. I want to go. I want to go back home and have fun and be light and and just connect back because I miss I miss Nigeria. I really do. I've been dreaming about this day for so long. I just couldn't tell people how much I've been dreaming about Nigeria. Oh. And I'll wake up sometimes and I'll be like, oh, it was just a dream. I really want to go back home. I was afraid I was just gonna die in the US and not go back home. And I know that sounds very morbid, but I do. I want to go. I wanted to go back for so long. I just couldn't. But well, I'm Many glad. I'm glad that's you know happening for you. I'm glad. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Okay, so now still talking about the wedding. So what are, what are you really okay. looking forward to eating? Like, what is it uh, that you're looking forward to? Like, oh my God, I cannot wait to eat this food. Or I know this sounds anticlimactic, but I've been eating up just plantains. Like I said, my my palate has changed a lot. If they had Korean food, that would be even nicer. But I really, I'm not really. I'm rolling my eyes at you right now. Just so you know. Keep rolling them, girl. Keep rolling. Them. <laughs> if they have like kimchi bokumba for um. Chapche, Kurigo, um, some of Okay, enough of the Korean wedding. No, you're going to, you're um, going to Nigeria. So, yes, focus on that. Well, you asked, you (laughs) asked me a general question. I'll say plantains. Like, like I said, my, my taste buds have really evolved. So, I'm not. Okay, so I, I have a suggestion for you. Um, when you get when you get to Nigeria, make sure you ask for ayamashi or oh, they call your father's stew. Oh, father's stew. Oh, yeah, that's so oily. It's gonna, it's gonna turn. I'm gonna have like diarrhea. Sorry, TMI. It's gonna turn my stomach around. No, it doesn't have to be that spicy. They can make it up to your now. It doesn't have to be spicy. No, it's the oil. It's the oil level. Oh. But I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try food, but I'm not like clamoring for. So I used to miss like um a father. The time I used to crave a father, even banga. But that was like six years ago. But after a while, when you realize that you know what, ain't not gonna happen here. You be like, okay, what, just what get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go have some um some Tex-Mex or you know some Thai food. You know. Yeah. All right. So am I supposed to read what you sent to me? Yeah. So you're the host now, so you can say thank you for listening. Oh, <laughs> you okay. I see. Are you are you done with your questions? I think that's about the ones I feel are relevant. You know what? I'm really grateful that you did this with me. You know, somebody cancelled out by the way, so I didn't want to leave the spot empty. I reached out to my dear friend and she was like, oh yeah, let's do this. I have wonderful friends, people, and I'm bragging on one of them. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Love yes. you. It's my turn to say this. and uh, I said love you. Oh, love you too, girl. You know, I've got nothing but love for you. <laughs> Good. Good. Hi. I guess I'm going to read this now. So thank you for, yeah. you know, scratch that. <laughs> Thanks for this episode of Moist Studio Podcast. If you know someone who might have enjoyed today's contents, please tell them about the podcast by sharing this with them. Stay up to date with all the podcast has to offer by subscribing. Don't forget to also rate slash review us on iTunes. If you have a question or a topic that you would love to hear more about, let me know in the comment section. Finally, follow me on, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And I look forward to connecting with as many of you as possible. Talk to you soon. We'll see you. Well, this is all I've been Signing out. <laughs> I think we did good. I think we did good, girl. I think we did yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to hear. I don't know. Something like I think I sound horrible. You know, it's, no, it's, when no. you hear, it's when you record, it's so that you hear that you're missing some S's and some D's. Yeah. And um, scientifically, it's been proven that we tend to berate our voices when we hear them. But we don't sound that way. We don't sound that horrible the way we think we sound when people listen to us. Right. And that's 
a lot of voice notes actually. Yeah, thanks for actually. You know what? You know I hated voice notes. Like I, I hated them with a passion. You know that, right? Yeah, you're the second person um, I inducted to, uh, to start to uh, new voice notes. So I'm glad. I'm glad I See voice. how far, see how far, you know, it's helped me with my podcast because I, I wasn't very good with breath control. <laughs> <laughs> Giving up on me, like I used to say, why is she sending me voice notes? I just love and the sound of my voice. Oh my goodness, vain much? No, I do, like really do, especially because I feel that voice notes convey your message clearly. So if you're upset, people can hear it. If you are laughing, they can hear it. You can hear the joy or the sadness or whatever it is you're experiencing in your voice. This is this is this is how far we're gonna go. Don't tell me to start doing videos because no, that's why I really draw. Oh, the, the, the video, I, I don't know. I've not graduated to that yet. Because sometimes I don't think you know, Don't take me along. Don't take me along. I'm, 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 I'm not about to leave nobody anywhere. I need video uh, with my bad hair. Yes. But anyways, thank you for encouraging me with the voice note thing. I'm actually liking it now. And guess what? I keep sending voice notes to people. There you and are. And I've had, I've had more people like sending me voice notes back. There you through are. Through WhatsApp. See? Anyways, thanks. I should bring you back. I like his, you know, um, reverse podcast. <laughs> my, 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 oh my God, my, 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 my. that's my name. <laughs>